KJ. Hello. Hi. I feel like this is your second round on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And since the first time you were here, there's been a lot of big changes. You changed your business name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally different. So let's talk about that before we get into literally every other thing that's happened. Yeah. So um, I used to be called Lucky Little Queer. So the last time I was on the podcast, that was what I was called. Yeah. Um, and I guess I think it's been less than a year. Um, it feels like longer, but I decided to change my brand name to Luck and Lavender Studio. Um, and there were a couple of different reasons for that. One of them being I came up with the name Lucky Little Queer when I was, I think, like 20. Yeah. Um and when I was first starting to sell my art, so it was like, all of it was very new to me. Um, yeah. But I was just coming out as non-binary yeah. and like my queerness felt kind of like the biggest part of me at that time. Yeah. Um, so I felt really good, like using, you know, Lucky Little Queer as my brand in your face. It told you who I was. Yeah. 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 So I think that was, that was really important to me at the time was being like loud and proud yeah. and it still is, but I think yeah. like, I'm like almost 27 now. So I, I like my priorities have changed. Like who I am as a person has really changed. So yeah, I figured it was time for a refresh. Yeah. Um, and which was a hard decision. Cause part of it was you know, just because I was growing as a person and as a business, but then also part of it was because I was like starting to feel more and more unsafe yeah. with my old name, yeah. which was super unfortunate. But yeah, I, I found like I was feeling really uncomfortable every time a stranger would ask me what my brand name was, because it just kind of brought up all of these other questions about yeah. like, did you say queer? And then yeah. I have to like, tell them like, yeah, what? I did. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes it'd be fine and people would be really into yeah. it. And then other times it would not be fine. Yeah. Um, and then also like sending mail to customers, like I, I um, yeah, I would have the option to like have it discreet, but yeah. I, you know, I was still learning and like, yeah, the default was for, for like in the shipping return label, it would say lucky little queer, right? Cause that's yeah. my, my brand name. And then there were a couple of occasions where I had customers tell me that like they had some close calls with, you know, homophobic family members. It was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's the last thing on the planet that I want to have it's happen. Like so the opposite of your brand. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah, I just, I wanted it to be like, I wanted my brand to be a safe experience for myself yeah. and everybody. Yeah. So yeah, as much as I like, you know, like signaling to other queer people, like, Hey, I'm queer. Um, I do that in a lot of other ways. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I felt like changing my name kind of just allowed me to 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 grow and and change as a yeah. business. And yeah, that's kind of the long and short of it. The the safety part of it is like it's so sad. Like no. that's so hard, and I totally relate to. I feel like a lot of times when I'm branding something, uh, or I'm specifically pushing an event, and I'm like all queer all like sometimes I get yeah. worried that like it's like that thing where it's like those spaces are important but am I making those spaces a target I know and it's really interesting I've been thinking about that in the last year more than ever mm -hmm. and I don't know if like kind of what you said like now that I'm getting older if I'm more like more of a critical thinker and less like you were saying like 
just out there about who I was. But mm-hmm. uh, I think in hosting and similar to what you're saying, like when you create a space, you really have to like think of like you have to think of is it safe to brand myself as queer now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's maybe something other business owners don't have to think about. Like, is it safe to brand myself as a straight owned business, you know? And, and is it safe to brand Yeah, totally. this event as like a queer space? That's, it's, uh, yeah, I always get really worried hosting events. Like what if, and you know, we just saw literally there was like a counter protest today for a, yeah, you know, so it's, it's something that's very real. And obviously it's something that has always been real, but it does feel like more in the spotlight in the last year that these mm-hmm. events and these spaces feel more and more unsafe. I know. Well, yeah, it feels like everybody's like really polarized by yeah. like something that is just part of who we are, right? Which is yeah. so discouraging. But I mean, I never know. Like, yeah. I never know if when I tell people that I'm like queer and non binary, like, you, I have no idea how it's going to go. Yeah. So it's scary. But I mean, I, I think that like being out and proud is like, still part of like who I am as a business owner and for you right but it's like I guess I mean this has me thinking of like when I was in high school I was outed by someone who um I wasn't friends with yeah but um they essentially they were openly bisexual yeah um so they thought that well so everybody should be out and proud yeah but I wasn't there at that at that time right like I was so closeted and like I felt super unsafe so I don't know I I guess just thinking about it now like okay yes I'm in a space where being queer is just like you know a comfortable part of who I am and I don't I don't think about it all the time because it's just it's just who I am yeah but that's not the reality for a lot of people. So like, I think keeping, keeping my customers and like my community safe is, is so important to me. So I'm always like, I don't know, there's always room to grow and and improve. Yeah. I think about the identity piece a lot. Uh, A lot of people, I'm like, obviously everyone thinks I'm a woman and everyone's really proud that a woman like me can have a business and I'm non-binary and I'm very open about that. And Uh. it's similar in that way of like, just today someone tagged me in this thing that was like a grant for women who are running their own businesses and they like really meant it like in this like nice way of being like I'm very proud of like the business you run and I think you should have money uh but it like really hurt my feelings yeah <laughs> was like and it was like that kind of, I was like can you like I was like can you see more of my like more of my identity and how I am open and my you know my my pronouns are in the shop bio which is ridiculous Ah. like it literally says like little joe berries and then the shop has pronouns you know what I mean so it's very clear yeah it's very clear and I think about the identity piece a lot and like something I think about a lot is like and I it's not the same with you changing your name but I was thinking about it today the um there's almost like a little bit of embarrassment that I have to keep or like shame that I have to like keep explaining my identity. And is it just easier to be like, Oh, thanks. You know what I mean? Like it's like that constant trade off. And like, I talk about it all the time and around, you know, pride season that just passed. I had so many interviews where I had to talk about, like, I can't think of any, storefronts that are like trans and non-binary owned in Ottawa I can't think of any 
I can't, you know, like I can think of my coffee shop. I can think of your space, but I can't really think of a lot of like brick and mortar spots that you can walk into that are owned by trans and non-binary people. So I think it's really important that I am really vocal about it, but at the same time, like I'm wasting a lot of my capacity on talking about this all the time. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I I definitely like, I used to be, um, I used to struggle with that a lot more than I do now. Like I still do, but, um, oh my gosh, like I worried so much what people thought of me. And I was so concerned with like, I, I want everyone to see like that I'm non-binary. And so I spent a lot of time, like I cut my hair short because I thought that was the thing to do. (laughs) And I, you know, like I wore like quote unquote boys clothes because I thought people would take more seriously as a non-binary person when I did. But honestly, I feel like it made it worse. Like people, (laughs) I don't know what, why, but like people felt like they needed to overcompensate and be like, I know you're a lady, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They had to like prove you wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and like, yeah. So I think now I'm like, I'm definitely at a different place where I mean, I never, ever correct people because the people that know me, like, never or rarely misgender me. Yeah. Um, And so, like, the people who care about me, like, put in the work. But I don't know. Like, I don't really care about what strangers think of me as much anymore. Like, I still do for sure. But, like, based on the way I look, people think I'm a woman, but they don't know me and they're wrong. So they can think what they want to think. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that. But other times I'm like, why is everyone... (laughs) Yeah, it's just so hard because like, I think everyone who struggles with gender has to think about this a lot. And then I think some people are very in the public eye all the time thinking about it. And Mm -hmm. it's really different, like when you're a public person and you have to navigate this. Yeah, for sure. Like it shouldn't be like so tied into our identity as entrepreneurs, but it's I don't know maybe in 10 years I know well especially like you know like yeah I I hope so I have hope for that but I think like for especially for for you and for me like I feel like our businesses are both very much like we're like the face of it you know like if you know little Joe Berries you know Joe right yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's hard to separate yourself from what you do because like, I feel like that's who we are as business owners. It's, and like, I think it's so important for me as an artist, like I love to know the artist behind the work. Yeah. Right. So I always yeah. want people to feel like they're friends with me. They know me, Yeah. but then it's like, well, people don't really know you. Right. So like <laughs> people, yeah, I think I'm a woman they'll spend like their whole, I don't know, whatever, like thinking I'm a woman when I'm not. So it's, it's complicated. I think um, being really proud of being woman owned is like a five and 10 year old thing. And now we need to start learning that there's more than just two genders that can own a business and that we can like be amazed that own a business. Like, I feel like there's this thing where people are like, it's so amazing when young women own businesses. It's so, and it is like, it actually is amazing. And I totally agree. Uh I think the idea of, like that just being like the thing is so it's so dated in like what people are learning about gender right. and you I mean I don't have to explain to you but like no it's kind of like a second wave sort yeah. of thing like yeah. yes women can own business and we love it <laughs> and we love all of yeah. them however uh-huh. um 
however yeah. non-binary people have yeah. long hair I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah if we could get to that point that would be amazing yeah. Yeah. That. um I didn't even mean to get into this talk I just uh <laughs> I think just thinking about like safety and being perceived publicly right now as uh-huh. a queer person uh I think it's just really on my mind too because I you know I'm hosting so many events and I'm working with like different sponsors and organizers and vendors and people like uh I feel like I have to advocate a lot for like queer spaces staying queer or Mm -hmm. you know 2s lgbtqi plus spaces staying that way and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just constantly having these conversations always and I'm like it, I just think I'm in the thick of it right now um I can't even imagine you're so busy like you have so much going on right now yeah it's too much yeah (laughs) I'm also like in my personal life uh looking to move and I just feel like Mm -hmm. I don't even know you know I'm like this is a bad idea for everything to happen at once but right Um, so so you opened a a studio talk about we had this huge thing happen and you went from a home studio to an office space you want to talk about it yeah so essentially I've been I've been like selling my art since back in 2017 when I was just like doing my little drawings and like you know on on printer paper and whatnot (laughs) like it was like very um I was working three jobs and um I don't know I just like had my art supplies in a in a closet in our one bedroom apartment but yeah honestly it's um I'm so happy where I am. So I'm in a, I'm in a studio space downtown Ottawa now. It's a private studio, but my initial idea, and I know Joe, we, we talked about this a while ago. I I really wanted to open a brick and mortar store. Yes. Um, So that was my original goal, but I kind of took a step back from that. Yeah. Which originally I felt like, you know, not like a failure, but I did think I had this this huge goal and I was like telling my friends and I was holding myself accountable to it because yeah. um, I wanted to open basically like a boutique store where we would sell art and like home goods exclusively by like LGBTQ identified um, makers. And I still maybe want to do that. I'm not sure. But I think that taking a leap from just like having no overhead costs and like just working yeah. out of my apartment, yeah, working, you know, owning a store I feel like was a huge leap yeah um, it is so yeah, yeah. so I, I kind of took like the middle step and I moved into a private studio um I share my space with a trainer so it's a little unconventional um but the space is so beautiful and it's right downtown and I love it I'm so happy yeah. that I moved in I've been there since August of last year and um it's been great like it's just been excellent so that's where I'm at now. Yeah, that idea of feeling like a failure is like funny, hey? Because <laughs> um, yeah. you, you were saying like I felt a little bit of a like a failure. I think it's so funny how that always comes up no matter what we do at all times, it finds mm-hmm. us. I know. Um, and it should be nowhere near, like that thought should be nowhere near the conversation of like what you're having with yourself because this is a huge move you made and it's such a big mm-hmm. change. And it's exactly what you said, like, it's not really like you're dipping your toe in the water when you're working from home with overhead costs, right? And that's a really great point that you make. Mm-hmm. Going from working at home to overhead, like by having your own brick and mortar shop would be like, you're mm-hmm. just working to pay rent. You're not working to create a space. You're not working to, you know what I mean? Like those first few years, like mm-hmm. you have to, com- and 
few years plus yeah. you have to commit to the fact that like you're just working to make rent like that's yeah. your purpose well yeah that that's so true and then I was also talking I had like a business mentor at the time and yeah. they were saying like um well, you were kind of my business. You still are kind of my business mentor, but I had another one from me. Uh, yeah. You, <laughs> you know, um, we were talking about futurepreneur. Yeah. 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 So I went with them and, um, one of the people that was really helping me was saying like, if you open a brick and mortar store, like you might, you probably will have to choose between like, whether you want to be like a full-time, you know, freelance artist or a full-time shop owner. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of wanted to have all of it. And yeah. I don't think can so <laughs> I thought yeah. I'm not ready to be like I I love being an artist I love like yeah. making my own hours I love yeah. working what I want and so yeah I yeah. think ultimately I made the choice obviously yeah I, I totally agree I think your space is amazing like I was blown away when I was there the other day and I also <laughs> feel like I don't think um a brick and mortar shop would be like out of the realm of possibilities for you but I I think it's important to think about that sacrifice or literally which is impossible to do hire someone who can run it as the, the mm. shop manager, but then you're like relinquishing all your trust to that person. And yeah. You're, and you're, I am such a control freak. Same, I was like, no, same. not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, and it's not that, you know, I, I relate that to that, like that control freak kind of vibe. It's not that you'll never get there. It's just maybe like you have to grow more in, who you are as an entrepreneur before you feel like you can delegate that way. I'm the same. Like I have a really hard time delegating, but me compared to me, whatever amount of years ago, I've already gotten really better. Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe in 10 years I will, I'll just be able to hand the shop over. Yeah. But, uh, that's a really hard thing to learn. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't come natural. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so excited for, I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. You know, like yeah. I feel like maybe in a couple of years, like I was talking to my friend, um, Katrin of Studio Peachy, who you met the yeah, other day. Yeah. yeah, you know them well. I, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we were saying how amazing would it be if, like, we had, like, us and a whole, like, a couple of other artists yeah. rent a, a, a private artist studio space and, like, have yeah. a whole bunch of artists. I think that would be so amazing. Because right now, like, I love my landlady and I love where yeah. I'm at, but it's, like, I'm an artist and then she's a personal trainer yeah. and there's a massage therapist in the in the building as well and they're both so sweet but it's like oh my god how amazing and like creative and inspiring would it be if there yeah. were just like a whole bunch of artists and pals in one space so I don't know maybe I'll do that who knows I love that too I think a lot more business owners too are having conversations like that of like talking about ways to have different brands or different creators under one rent uh, there's a shop in my neighborhood mm -hmm. uh, it's two businesses uh, it's motif and flamingo but they just collab into yeah, one business yeah. um totally. and I think that's a really cool example of like oh I think it's really amazing when people can I don't really have this yet but when people can figure out how to like work with people and share control and share space I think that's like so beautiful mm -hmm. and I hope one day I learn patience so I can do that yeah <laughs> yeah we'll get there maybe but yeah, that'd be amazing to have a space like that. Um, mm -hmm. So you had an event the other night in your new space. What brought on wanting to have this event? You just wanted to bring people in or? Yeah, I uh, I just love the space and I think it lends it so well to like having people over. Like it's so open and, yeah. and bright. Um, so yeah, I just, I thought it would be so cute to have like an all queer 
makers market and start off small and see how that goes. And yeah, I loved it. I had a lot of fun. And the event was busy. It was so busy. It was in the winter. I thought it would be. I know. Yeah, it was busy in the winter. Hello. Yeah. I was so stressed for that event. I was going to ask you. Events. Yeah. I know. Uh, did yeah. you have the worst nerves and anxiety? Either no one's going to come or everyone's going to come. Um, I thought no one was going to come. And yeah. I, I don't know if that was like my, my logical brain or like just my anxious brain. Um, yeah. But you know what? And like the closer... I got to the event, the better I felt because I was yeah. more prepared. But like, yeah. yeah, like for the weeks leading up to it, I was like, I couldn't sleep. Like I yep. would, you know, I'd yep. go to sleep thinking about it. I'd wake up thinking about it. I'd dream about it. I was, was going to show up and my vendors yeah. would be upset because they wasted their time. Yeah. It was just like every like negative thought I could have about it is I was definitely having. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like I still have like for every event, I go through all those motions Really? And then the, after the event, I can't sleep that night at all. I just think about uh-huh. all the things I need to fix for the next event, even when it's oh, a successful no. event. Even if it's oh. successful, I will go home and I will sit. And if I don't put something on or distract myself, I'll just think yeah. of all the ways I've messed up. Oh, all the things. Sucks. Like, I don't know. I feel like I truly do not enjoy event planning. But you I can do it so much. I know. But I cannot back away from a challenge and this is like you're also so good at it too like you're I feel like you you might not feel like this but I feel like you're like a natural event planner like you you just like you're an expert that's really kind um I'm very lucky that they usually have good turnouts um not always but I feel like I've been blessed yeah I've been really blessed with um people showing up which is nice but Mm -hmm. that fear that you were saying of like no one shows up and then everyone wasted their time and the vendors hate me and then I get canceled and then I get a reputation that I'm bad to work with and then I get chased out of town. Like it's like a real series of thoughts that at the end of the night, will everyone hate me? Mm -hmm. I know. Well, and I even like, I purposely, like, I, I, I feel very lucky for this. I had a lot of people, um, after I announced that we were going to have an event in this space, like a lot of um, people reached out and asked if I was still accepting vendors. Yeah. yeah. But the thing was like, I wasn't, I wasn't um, putting out applications. Like I just kind of invited some of my close pals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And like, I, I did that because I was so like, I, I reached out to people. I felt like, you, you know, could trust I could trust. Yeah. Ability like, with. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like, if it didn't go well, I know that like there were friends, so yeah. we would just hang out and have a good time. Right. So yeah. I'm glad I did that. Cause, but even still, I was like, my friends are going to hate me if it doesn't go well. And they kept reassuring me that they wouldn't, <laughs> you know, you never know. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just like upload other people's thoughts about you? Yeah. Like, only the good ones though, you know, cause it's, yeah. No, it's hard. It's, it's really- so hard. And after the vegans who snack, especially, I get such um, I get such an interesting mix of positive comments. I get vegans who are like, "There's never anything vegan." Thank mm. you so much. Oh my god, it was amazing. And then I also get like queer people who are like, "Oh my god, it was so gay." Like I always get yeah. like those are my responses. And yeah. I guess I always like the thing I'll say about anyone who comes to my events and my regulars is I get the best feedback and I really appreciate it because people Mm -hmm. go out of their way to send me messages like customers will be like I can't wait like so much and then if I get one bad one 
it's all that matters. Yeah, I know it's so hard. Like, I'm a I don't, failure. <laughs> yeah. Why do the the bad ones feel like they're so much like heavier? You know, deeply, like they stick with you. Yeah, longer. deeply affects me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I haven't unlearned. I think in my personal life, I don't care what people think about me. I'm just like walking around in my pajamas, uh, <laughs> going to grocery stores. Like I'm just like so in my own like kind of state of mind in my personal life. But at work, I take everything so personally all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know about you, but like if someone emails you and you think they have a slight bit of a tone, (laughs) do you get so activated that you're just like flying off the handle? Yes, all the time. And like, I will, oh my gosh, I like need to have better self-esteem because like yeah. I'll get an email and I'll just, you know, like you'll get the little preview that's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like the, I'll just a get- complaint and it's yeah. not, I know. It's I know exactly. It's going to be like, I just wanted to know that dot, dot, dot. And yeah. then I'll be like, oh my God, they hate me so much. Yeah. And then I'll open it up and I'll be like shaking with anxiety. And they'll be like, I just wanted to note that I really love your stuff. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> always, why is that? Like, why are we so quick? I do the same thing. I, I just wanted to ask. And then it's, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a bad thing. And then it's like a compliment yeah. or, oh, I love this. When is it coming back? But I'm so, uh-huh. I don't know. It's so funny. I know. Uh-huh. Why, why do we, why do we hate ourselves? <laughs> I'm trying to love myself. It's hard. It's so hard. Well, even people like if there's a, a rep or something or someone I work with who I find annoying and I'm complaining and I'm complaining about them and we've only been talking over email and I'm saying to Ray, can you believe this is how he answered? Can you believe it? <laughs> and then I meet them and we get along so well. <laughs> and then Ray's always like, you're so bad over email. Yeah. Ray's like, like you have to like bring it down over email. Like, who is answering these emails that we are this anxious and angry all the time? Yeah. Well, you know what? It's so easy to to misinterpret things. Yeah. 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 I hate it. Yeah, it's rough. I saw you post about it. So we should, should we should talk about the algorithm and how it's ruining yeah. your brand. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like today I put on my close friends list because I posted something like three hours ago and I <laughs> checked. And I, it had like literally three likes. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not like super like viral, like tons of followers, but I have enough that you would should see, should think see. that like yeah. oh, more than nine, literally nine people would yeah. see it. Yeah. Like, I don't really care if you like it or not. It's just yeah. like, I would like it if people were to see my stuff because it was me advertising an event that I'm going to be at this yeah. weekend. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's why I've started advertising everything so early all the time. Like, I feel like I'm advertising events weeks and weeks and weeks in advance yeah. because I'm so, uh, I'm trying to like always beat the algorithm mm-hmm. or always beat like, oh, this used to be a free tool that would get information out early right. and now it gets your post out days later. Yeah. Well, you know what? I have a conspiracy theory. Please tell um, me. And I'm not like I, I I try not to pay like the algorithm is it is what it is you yeah. know like I'll just I'm gonna keep doing my best and whatever I'm trying not to you know feel like I'm too affected by it yeah but I was talking to a friend of mine and um I was saying how like nobody's seeing my posts like why yeah like when I post on my story like maximum 300 people see it and I have like thousands of followers like what does mm-hmm. this mean I don't understand and they were saying like um, there's this in your settings, you can like check to see if you have any like 
I don't know what you call it. Um, I don't know, like things on your record or whatever. Oh my gosh. But I looked. A record? So, yes. I kind of, so I looked and like, I think it was, I don't know, probably a month or two ago now. I posted something on my story saying, like I was advertising this, this um, dyke creator that I follow and oh. I posted it and I was like, I love dykes. Dyke? And, yeah. And Instagram, <laughs> Instagram took it down for oh hate. Oh my God. So I am just kind of like a stubborn brat sometimes. So I was like, fuck you, Instagram. So I reposted it again and I was yeah. like, hates dykes. Oh um, yeah. You double down. You yeah. your record. You got a record. Now I got a, a record. Yeah. So um, but anyway, if you search, yeah, like if I go to my settings, it says like I have like a red exclamation mark because I think if I do it again, I'm in some sort of trouble. Wow. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't I'm gonna that, check after this because I'm curious, curious if I ever get in trouble. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. So I don't know for sure, but I I have a feeling that that's like affected my you know, engagement, maybe not. Or maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but it does feel kind of concerning because like, it feels like if I slip up again, mm -hmm, like if I mm -hmm. lose like my Instagram, which is kind of my livelihood in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah. This huge That's platform, scary. this huge platform yeah. that we use every day to reach people. It's kind of yeah. interesting how they got their hooks in us. I know. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have the career that I have without Instagram. So yeah, in that same. sense, like I love it and I'm so thankful for Me it, too. but it's just like, I like, it's scary to feel like you have to watch what you say and yeah. censor yourself because like, really like that's, that's homophobia. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I can't even say the word dyke. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to learn another app. I know everyone's doing be real and different stuff right now. I don't want to learn any other apps. I'm still trying to learn TikTok. I'm not gonna. I yeah. started a little Joe Barry's TikTok. Stop following little Joe Barry's TikTok. If you're expecting little <laughs> Joe Barry's content, I only have it so I can watch my friends' TikToks. <laughs> like, I just can't <laughs> figure it out. I've given up. I think I have like four videos on there. They're all like six years old at this point or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just leave it. Yeah. Um, oh, TikTok's so hard. And now a word from our sponsor, Veg Ottawa. Veg Ottawa Association is a registered not-for-profit corporation and membership-based organization. Veg Ottawa Association is dedicated to supporting people interested in a plant-based lifestyle. Veg Ottawa offers a range of events, including potlucks, picnics, barbecues, and they host documentary screenings, guest speakers, and more. Veg Ottawa provides access to credible resources and peer support related to a plant-based lifestyle. You got a question? They're here to help. Veg Ottawa works to make a plant-based lifestyle even more accessible and convenient by working with local and like-minded businesses. Visit their veg business directory to find local vegan and vegetarian options from local businesses as well as many free tools to support a vegan lifestyle. The directory is great actually because it also lists place like you don't even know they have vegan options or vegetarian options. They might have like some sneaky numbers on there. It's a great tool to just go and be like, I didn't even know that place in my neighborhood had vegetarian stuff, vegan stuff. I didn't know that. I can walk there from my house. I should be going there every single day. You didn't even know. I had no idea actually. Or you can also become a member to access discounts on local partners like 
chickpeas, keeping it vegan, secondhand stories, Yugi rolls, and more. See link in our episode bio for more info. Do you like vegetables? I love vegetables. Do you like animals? Yes, I like animals. Do you like eating at local business? Yes, I like eating at local business. Is it veg? Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa Markets is gearing up for another incredible season. Ottawa's historic Byward and Parkdale Markets are lively venues to showcase your products and engage with locals, Canadian tourists, and international visitors. From farmers, artisans, food makers, and retailers, there is space for everyone at Ottawa Markets. Outdoor markets are a unique opportunity. <laughs> Outdoor markets are a unique opportunity to incubate a new business or scale up an existing business to the next level. Got a menu you want to try out? Got new ideas? Farmer's Market is the best way to grow your business. From daily to full-time options, their vending spaces are priced to help small businesses succeed. From as little as $30 a day, you can access locations in the highly, highly sought-after Byward and Wellington West Districts of Ottawa. Be a part of exciting events like the Parkdale Night Market, Canadian Tulip Festival, Byward Barkett, and so many more coming in 2023. And to be honest, I would highly, highly recommend Parkdale Night Market as both a vendor and a customer. It's so fun. There's always people coming. Everyone loves it. It's such a community vibe. Don't delay. Apply today. Visit ottawamarkets.ca slash vending for more information. Follow Ottawa Markets on Instagram at Ottawa Markets to keep up with the latest market news. We will attach a link in the bio of this episode. Also, every business I know, every business that's worth anything, loads of our guests who have been on this pod all got their start doing farmers markets and learning about business, learning about their product, learning about what customers want, trials, workshopping. At these low prices, it's so low risk to book to be a vendor and learn about your biz, take a shot on your dreams, become a business, an entrepreneur, whatever. And now back to our episode. Listen, I wanted to ask you, I was just going over my notes and I wanted to ask you about these these workshops and these classes uh, you're teaching, you're, you're always at school. Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I run workshops sometimes, um, they're always arts based. Um, sometimes they're, you know, about mental health, but, yeah. um, always that arts piece to them. I have been doing them for a long time, like probably since I started, um, you know, my journey, as uh, an artist back yeah. in 2017 but um yeah I guess I really started like organizing bigger workshops back in 2020 yeah. it was coloring for community care and it was all about um how to cope with the COVID-19 pandemic yeah so it was it was over zoom so that was yeah. kind of how I formatted the workshop so um 
yeah, I did that one on my own and it went really, really well. It was so fun. Um, basically I had participants, like I, I would give them coloring pages that I had drawn. Yeah. Um, and they had, you know, different affirmation phrases on them. Um, and we would just talk about self-care and community care and how to survive the pandemic and yeah. people would share their self-care techniques. So I've done that particular workshop several times, like with Algonquin and Carlton. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then most recently I did a workshop for Algonquin in person. So that's I did the so same cool. workshop, but I kind of adapted it to being in person instead. Yeah. So that was really fun. Yeah, that's um, so cool. So I don't I feel very lucky. Like I kind of just do them and then I I post about them and then I'll have other people ask me to do them, which is like what a privilege. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did one most recently with, uh, well, I did the Algonquin one and then I did one at the Ottawa Art Gallery a couple of days ago, just after yeah. the weather market. So I've been busy. How do you handle performance anxiety? Like, do you go in and you're okay or do you feel like you're on edge? Um, Honestly, I don't really get <gasps> yeah I know. are you serious yeah oh yeah I don't know I public speaking is it's because I'm a very anxious person I have yeah. clinical anxiety I have a hard time like I can't go to the grocery store without having yeah. a panic attack. but yeah public yeah. Speaking, like if I'm in front of a crowd and I know my stuff like I'm 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 just happy to be there so that's amazing. That's such a good quality. I feel like all I ever do is talk publicly. Uh, uh-huh. But if you asked me to get in front of a group of people and actually speak, I, I would not be able to. Uh-huh. That like I, I'm just constantly sharing thoughts, doing the podcast. But I right. feel like formally, if I had to get up, I just like wouldn't be able to hold it together at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I um, I mean, I guess there's like a nervousness to it. There definitely is. But I, I think honestly I live my life by you know fake it till you make it like I just act confident and then people think you're confident and they'll just you know yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know follow suit I guess Um, especially like (laughs) if I know what I'm talking about if I'm you know I've done the self-care and arts workshop several times like I created it I I know what I'm talking about so if I if I go into a room and I really know my stuff like yeah I feel confident about it yeah. um it's just if I had to go up and t- if I had to talk about something I wasn't passionate about then I would be terrified yeah but different just, story yeah I love talking about art I love talking about mental health well all of my workshops are really collaborative too so it's not just yeah. like me talking at people it's like I'm yeah. gonna a discussion topic and then everyone is encouraged to contribute and participate and yeah I think the thing that makes me most nervous is like if people aren't super interested in participating yeah um, because then I'm just like oh no I'm I'm alone out here (laughs) yeah that's when I start kind of yeah yeah that is so cool that's such a you artists say there's always these cool ways that you can like have a job. It's so neat to me. I feel so lucky. Yeah. yeah. Like um, I can just kind of, there's like so many different things that I can, I can yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, not that like me personally, but like as an artist. As an can, artist. I, yeah. 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 I think I'm just thinking a lot about like the stigma around artists and creators. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you noticed that change since you have your own studio or do you think you were already like producing so much? It's not really something you had noticed anymore. Especially if I'm introducing myself to new people. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I think people definitely take me more seriously as an as a, an artist, you know, 
working like I have my own studio you know yeah. like I guess like yeah it sounds like like I'm I really know what I'm doing as opposed to like working from home which isn't true yeah yeah I'm like I'm doing the same work it's, yeah I don't know it's um I think that people perceive it differently I because I've definitely like I felt like people don't take me seriously yeah as an artist yeah. um not so much like my customers obviously do and like yeah. I have the yeah. most kind like customer base yeah um, but I mean like yeah like when I meet new people like if I'm in a in an uber like and my uber driver asks me what I do and I'll say I'm an artist they're like oh well you know <laughs> can't win them all you're like so, no I like, promise that- I promise I'm an art yeah it's yeah. so I know it's so interesting even like sometimes I feel like even if I'm like oh I own a business I have to be like is it more real if I say I own a bakery on Wellington West do you know what I mean like I feel like is it more official if I like oh I'm actually in like a uh, like oh I'll lay out the neighborhood I'm in and the specific you know what I mean like it's it's such an interesting thing dealing with those kind of perceptions of being Mm -hmm. like self-employed and like what yeah I think being self-employed is absolutely I mean yeah like I think people are still kind of like um have that perception of like the starving artist and like being an artist is not a lucrative career and especially like when I tell um mostly like boomers I guess like if I tell them (laughs) what I do for a living like yeah the fact that I like sell stickers and stuff and like prints I have a lot of like you really do that for a living like you can really survive off of that yeah you can you know what I mean like it's possible and I wish I wish more people knew that it was possible but I mean I think that's the kind of the perception that society has a lot of the time so yeah yeah I feel like artists get it so so bad yeah well I mean oh my gosh it's so exhausting like I was at a friend's wedding once and um you know, uh, it was like, there were a lot of like tech people there. And so like, I was, you know, asking what they do and about their job. And, and then, so finally someone asked me what I do for a living. And I said, I was an artist. And the, the first and only thing they asked me about it was like, Oh, do you do NFTs? What? And I was like, no. And then they, they just (laughs) the topic to start talking about NFTs that is so just like so just not rem- interested like it's yeah. so removed from making art I know like that answer is like like making art is over here and then that question is like on another planet I know like yeah that's the least they could ask you about art question they could ask you yeah like they heard art and they were like oh nfts <laughs> that's wild yeah so yeah no I mean most people I talk to are like you know interested and want to hear more about it because I, I yeah. think that I, like, I surround myself with like nice people yeah <laughs> but yeah. yeah every once in a while I'll run into someone who like I don't really have much in common with and like, it's that's what happens so how interesting is it that some jobs are like valid and real still and some mm-hmm. jobs are just like a joke <laughs> Well, you know what? Like, even when I was growing up, I always wanted to be an artist. Like, that's yeah. what I wanted to do for work. Like, that's what, I, it's what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Um. But then you get to, you know, high school and like you kind of realize, like, that's not real. Yeah. Like, that's not an actual option. So I went to social work. Like, that's what I, that's what I went yeah. to school for. So, like, I, yeah. my, my next option was to be a therapist. So, like, I got my BSW and I'm happy that I did, but ultimately like 
no, being artist, being an artist is real. That like, is a can, career path. Yeah. yeah, you can do it. Like you can do it. And I, I wish that like, you know, I had been, I mean, my parents were always like super encouraging yeah. Yeah. of like being creative and really doing what I wanted to do, which I think is a large part of why I'm able really to be helps. an artist. Yeah. They really like supported that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in high school, it's like, that's not an option, right? Like you got to yeah. do something practical. So yeah, it can be. you just have to, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, but cancel possible. all guidance counselors now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like we're running long and that's all the questions I have. Do you have anything to promote? Um, do I? Hmm. That's a good, honestly, oh, I kind of don't. I, um, yeah, not yet. I mean, I'm going to have things in the future, but right now I'm just kind of like going to markets and yeah. Yeah. catching up and stuff. My big thing has already happened, you know, like the better yeah. together market. I was yeah. kind of like focusing all my energy on that. And now I'm kind of like, all right, let's take a breath. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just doing, just doing my thing. How sweet is it that market season's back and that winter is ending? Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I'm just like, get January out of mm-hmm. here and let's get back to markets and making money yeah. and seeing people now. January was very painful. So oh I'm excited to get back into like- January yeah, is actually- an entire month of watching all your hard work be for nothing. Well, yeah. And then all of the money you made during the yep. holidays just go right out the window. God. Bye. Yeah. Back back to zero. Yeah. Oh my god. So sad. Okay. Well, um, that's all the questions I have. Uh maybe to wrap it up, is there any um artists you're recently into that you think the listeners should check out? Anyone you want to give a blast to? Um that's a good question. Well, I have a lot of like maker pals that I love to talk about. I mean, Studio Peachy is fantastic. I'm always inspired by her work. And it's just like constantly come amazing. Tuesday, stuff. which is tomorrow. Yeah. They're doing a pop-up at my shop at Little Joe's. I'm I'm excited for that. That's gonna so be if you listen, if you listen to this on Monday, Tuesday, um, Studio Peachy has a pop-up at Joe's, and so does Cote Fleur valentine's day but sorry keep going um yeah always studio peachy um this isn't like a current maker but so i did my workshop for the audible art gallery and it was um i it was a tote bag painting workshop based on an exhibit they had um about francis ann johnston and heard of her before but i absolutely love her work um she was a painter in like the 50s 60s 70s um and she she has like the most beautiful work that really plays a lot with like florals and texture and like gorgeous bright colors and patterns um and I and I just love it so I don't know if anyone's into fine art I would definitely recommend checking out her work um because I just love it so oh that's amazing okay inspiration (laughs) okay (laughs) that's perfect okay well that's all the questions for me but thanks so much for coming back round two can't believe it um Appreciate you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. During my interview with KJ just now, Mm -hmm. they said, I live my life. A quarter mile at a time. Oh, my. No, they were going to say, yes. 
But they were going to say, I live my life, fake it till you make it. Like they were just making a point about mm-hmm. like, um, just like not being nervous and just like ex- new experiences. But when anyone around me says, I live my life, mm-hmm. you know exactly where my oh, mind yeah, goes. Absolutely. Anyone would, right? It's all I could think about. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. And family. Apparently, it's very important. And family. And uh, Dominic Toretto. <laughs> you don't know me, but you're about to. <laughs> all I could think about in that moment, like I, like a wave of Fast and Furious came over me. Yeah. It's so good. I don't have it in me to watch them all again. No. I feel like I've missed the the last two that came out. And there's another one coming out this year, I think. Ten. Oh, we're only at ten? I think so. Maybe I could watch I them. I think then. ten is supposed to be the last one. Really? I mean Who's still in it even? The last one, but like capitalism might have something else to say about that. Who's in it even? The Rock's not in it anymore because they fight like real life. Him and Vin Diesel? They don't get along very well. Wow, Vin and The Rock don't get along. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who's still in it technically because I haven't seen the last few movies. Like Vin Diesel's friends just call him Vin. Hey, Vin. Weird. um i thought what we could talk about now that i've taken um a very respectful pause to talk about fast and furious is uh work-life balance and how stressful is it that we're trying to move during busy season it's so stressful why did we wait till valentine's to try to look at new homes i have no idea because I think originally we were going to wait till end of winter, but then we decided we should move sooner. And um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it I think it's weird because normally in February, well, based off our last, the last few years, for the most part, it's just Valentine's Day is um, like Valentine's Day is always very busy. Yeah. But uh I think this year we had six markets. Yeah. Okay. Here's something else. I um, People are celebrating Valentine's more this year. Are they? You just said I'm single. Markets. So no, I just mean in general, I've never seen so many small businesses and I've always made a huge deal of Valentine's because it's my favorite holiday, mm-hmm. but I've never seen so many small businesses, pop-ups, events, nights like yeah it's yeah, it's, what you mean, it's yeah. non-stop you, like it's usually valentine's day is the day and that's mm-hmm. it like you do specials that's it but mm-hmm. i feel like we've been doing valentine's day events for two weeks now yeah yeah i know what you mean i thought you just meant like people are going harder for valentine's day just like like individually that's right folks raise on the market <laughs> Stop um, it. <laughs> sorry it took me so long to figure out that you said you were single <laughs> i was like of course you're single gross um <laughs> probably not actually on the market it's like we said we're both very busy what market the housing market boy hey. is renting hard i also want to say me and ray are looking for a house to rent not buy just so people are like who has money for buying houses? Are you two landlords now? Yeah, I'm a yeah, landlord. We're this landlords is, now. This small business business <laughs> guess is just going to be about being a landlord. A landlord. 
Um, for profit homes. It's no, yeah, exactly. We Income homes. It's been really tricky. And something we found out tonight is places, um, most places don't want you to have a dog. You're allowed one dog. But if they find out you have two dogs. Double jeopardy. Tear up that application. Yeah. They're like, all of a sudden, your money doesn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like I'm so at my capacity with work right now. I'm working so much that trying to fill out applications in right now for like to rent a house is just like. We have, I mean, we haven't moved in like seven years, so we haven't had to worry about like uprooting our lives in a long time, but it's really like, oh, I forgot how easy we've had it being settled in our homes. Yeah. I don't even understand like, I mean, landlords, we don't like them. Oh, can't live with them. Can't fit them in the freezer. Scum. Um, (laughs) um, But I just feel like. Like like you were saying, we've been at our place for the last seven years, yeah. and our landlord is nice enough. Wonderful al- is nice enough to also provide a reference uh, if we need him to. We're and yeah, we're only moving because Grandpa's needs. Yeah, but like I feel like, what else do you need as a landlord? Like if someone is can get a reference from a place they've been at for seven years. What's the issue? Yeah, it's uh, I uh, never other than like, like credit check, which is weird. I never had to do credit checks before this place, though. Like where we are now, we didn't have to do a credit check. And we've been here no. seven years because the credit check thing I have always had to do for commercial rent, but for residential rent, it really caught me off guard that everyone wants a credit check now. I'm like, yeah. whoa! It's just like, it's changed out there. I feel like it's just another thing you encounter where it's like. It's like a relic of the past. Assets. Assets. This is it's a, th- remember, this is a throwback. Throwback yeah. to the asset episode. This is a throwback like, to the assets oh, episode. Oh, pirate's treasure. We don't care that your business can make money. We want you. We want to know what you've already collected. Credit check feels like a scam. It is. Yeah, it's so weird working with landlords because we've talked to a few landlords now and gone to see lots of places. And every person we've dealt with, it felt like they were scamming us. Yeah. Like they were being so shifty that i it felt like a scam and that's probably just normal like i'm just so out of the yeah like that place we went to where we were we wanted to take it but he was like uh just send me all this personal information no application i'm not going to give you an application that we'll we'll do a contract after that you can only see the application after i have your license you're this you're that i was like your social insurance number and i was like i want some documents and he was like this is the way it's done I've literally never not received an application when applying for an application. Yeah. Like, I've, I don't know. Like, it's just like, maybe that's the way it's done, but I don't want to live here with you. Like, it's I don't want to live under your way it's done then. It's like when you go on, like, what's that? There's like a Reddit thread where landlords are, like, they talk to each other. Yikes. And I see people post about it every now and then, and it's just like the most horrible, like, how to... Yeah. a tenant yeah i feel like we've been really spoiled living with like yeah. our landlord here is wonderful mm-hmm. um but we have to move somewhere with less stairs because grandpa's losing mobility and we have to be realistic about ha- having two senior rescue dogs mm-hmm. where we live now there's like five staircases because we have an attic and a basement so it's non-stop yeah but yeah i'm just like feeling really 
I haven't felt this long, like in a long time. I haven't felt like that my personal life is hectic. And now that it is, I feel like it's affecting my work life in the sense of like, I'm so tired from going to look at houses and trying to like do the math of uh, getting an application that like when people text me and they're like, what's up? I'm like, oh, I'm so annoyed. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's safe to say that work-life balance is low. (laughs) Is bad right now. It's like what I said to you the other day, like, the next time I'm going to make a plan with someone is going to be in April. Yeah. Remember we were joking, like we were going to have dinner with someone and we had to cancel. And then I was like, we're only going to be available after we move. Yeah. Just because I think we're both so slammed. I just don't have, like, I'm in a, I mean, it's a little different. I do like a lot of alone time, but I'm definitely like firmly in a time where like my time off needs to be just me. time off by myself alone. Just me or like I want to hang out with if I'm going to hang out with someone I want it to be someone where it's like pure play and chaos mm-hmm. so I have an outlet of just like it has to be a hangout that's like zero responsibility hangout. Yeah. It has to be a play chaos hang where we're just like laughing and screaming and just snacking driving around and and then like I can be like ah you know what I mean and mm-hmm. then yeah. yeah it's just like oh it's been a while since I felt like my my work-life balance is this off yeah yeah so i think it's really important uh it's a good check-in for myself of how important that is Mm -hmm. because i always prioritize my home life yeah but i'm gonna get some new piercings oh my gosh or do you want to reveal what you're getting pierced uh i'm getting both my nostrils pierced he's gonna try to get a double nose piercing double nose piercing because i already have my septum pierced i don't know it's been three years since anyone's seen the bottom half of my face so i do have my septum pierced ray walks into the kitchen yeah (laughs) ray walks into the kitchen i'm minding my own business cutting up sweet potatoes that i'm about to bake for the dogs and he goes i'm thinking of getting a double nose piercing I've literally never heard him talk about it before. No, it's because I saw it and I was like, it was very much like I saw it on someone else and I was like, I want that. Nose piercings are the hottest piercing you can get. Anywhere on your nose is the hottest piercing you can get. Yeah. Hottest piercing you can get. Septum, nose, whatever. It's the hottest you can get. The only thing hotter than one nose piercing is getting two more. The only thing hotter than one nose piercing is uh, a night to yourself. (laughs) 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 anyways uh that's all from me and ray uh hope you like this episode i like to live my life one quarter mile at a time (laughs) heck yes you made it to the end of another episode of business baby big thank you to our season-long sponsor veg ottawa and don't forget we have a new episode coming out every second monday so stay tuned for that And if you like this podcast, well, rate, subscribe, review, whatever. Okay, have a great week. Bye-bye now. And don't forget to check out our new sponsor, Ottawa Markets. Who am I? I'm Kelly Kapoor, the business bitch.